Welcome to the Clear Skin Chronicles, the podcast that takes you on a journey to uncover the secrets of achieving glowing, acne-free skin. We believe that knowledge is power, and by understanding the root causes of your acne, we can create a solid foundation for long-lasting clear skin. I'm Katie Stewart, registered holistic nutritionist and founder of The Clear Skin Solution, where we help women just like you get to the root cause of their acne. And I'm Chris Brown, registered holistic nutritionist and program director in The Clear Skin Solution. Through functional testing, we pinpoint where the body system imbalances lie so we can dive deep into your acne clearing journey. We work virtually with clients to clear up their skin from the inside out and have helped thousands of women worldwide regain their confidence. Hey, Katie. Well, yes, Chris Brown. How are you? I'm kind of nervous now with that tone in your voice. You never ask how I am. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I do have a question for you. Oh, Lord. What is it? Working inside the Clear Skin Solution, how many clients would you say we can connect some kind of raging vaginal infection Raging vaginal infection, like that's raging vag, and I'm going to go into detail. Let me tell you, things like candida and fungus and yeast overgrowth, and all of these things that make our lower intestinal cavity just feel like bubbly and bloaty and fermenty and all the ease. Bubbly and fermenty. This, like, we're really. I feel like people are going to turn off this episode to be like, I don't know where they're going with this. No, this is this is me trying to non-geek. I'm like looking, I'm like, well, if I use that word, Katie's going to have to decode it. No, but in all essence, how many people do you think? Would you say it's a mass majority? Like where, what's happening with their lower GI? Candida as a whole. As a whole. I would say, and I don't want to say, um, I'm not basing this stat off of people that have yeast infections coming into the program. No. I would say candida as a whole, the yeast overgrowth as a whole for our clients, conservatively, over 99% of them are dealing with some level of candida overgrowth in their body. Are others way more severe than some other clients? Absolutely. But we see time and time again through the functional labs that there is a massive yeast implication in the skin. Let me just touch on that functional lab for a second because... Please do. That's after my heart, right? Of course. We know you're the functional lab guru up in here. I also find sometimes when people do GI maps and stools or, you know, sometimes they'll do, you know, that cool little food intolerance that has the candida markers. Some, yep. Some of the IgG food intolerance tests have a candida marker on them. Yeah. So when we get those back and it's like, hey, you know what? And the client's like, oh my gosh, I don't have like Chris. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, when did you test? How did you test? Was it a stool collection? Was it around the moon? Like, and I start and like, why are you asking all these questions? So when we're looking at that, I also find that this species of candida, of yeast, of fungus and parasites, right? They can go dormant. Fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can. Oh, another one, Chris, you forgot. Are you taking any supplements when you did the test? Dang. Bing, bing, bing. I know. Dang, you're good. You're good. All right. It's, you, Katie, you kind of know, know what you're talking about, right? I, uh, I, I've i been hanging out with you long enough to know the questions you ask <laughs> clients when they're like, no, my candida came back negative. And for sure, there are cases where we've seen that they have a much lower amount. But if you have active acne, chronic acne, there is almost always in our experience with our hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients in the last however many years, oh, there's some level of candida overgrowth. And Chris, just before we get into it all, because I, I don't want to miss this part, what is candida and what isn't a candida overgrowth? Essentially, there's different strains, but candida albicans is the one that we're going to talk about with regards to the overgrowth of yeast infections. And it's the most well-known, when, right? Like this is the one people, when you say candida, they're talking this strain. Yeah, because it can live on and in the body. Naturally, it it should be there. Naturally. Yeah, we don't want to wipe it out completely because that helps your immune system go, oh, hey, who are you? Okay, I have to build up immunity to you. The thing is, is when it gets overrun, when we start having like repetitive yeast infections, even UTIs, like how many people say, what does a UTI have anything to do with a yeast infection? I'm like, well, let me take out my brain book. However... 
The thing is, is because it can live on, now let's go to acne quickly for a second. You know, that yellowish like pus or the really overgrowth in the intestinal, the large and the small intestine, like wherever it is, even in the face mapping that we can see, you know, what about the people that go and get certain facials and then all of a sudden there's this massive flare and it repopulates? We have bacteria on us. So it's not that we need to be overly disgusted. If I told you how many different things live in your eyebrows alone, you would be like gagging right now. So I'm not going to do that. Chris, the bubble popper. <laughs> I'm called, I call the information sharer. You call it the bubble popper. Hey, I'm also a bubble popper. So sign me up. I'm right beside you. That's usually on my skincare routine though. So <laughs> what can we say? So it's really, it's widespread throughout the body, right? It's this candida overgrowth. It typically hangs out. Ready? I'm ready. Well, I know, but are, is everyone listening ready? Mouth, mouth, mouth. What? You've heard of oral thrush? The white coating on the tongue. I had that, Chris. White coating. I need to tell a quick story here. I had such severe oral thrush throughout um, my childhood and teens and early 20s. I had acne in my early 20s. That my tongue was literally white. It had a thick coating on it. And whenever I got sick, it was 10 times worse. And I remember going to the dentist once. And the dentist asking me, what is wrong with your tongue? Why is it so white? And looking back on that, I, it was kind of shocking that as a dentist, he didn't know what oral thrush was. Yeah, like I'm cringing. And and I know I had candida in that oral thrush because of the, honestly, conservatively, I've, I've had probably 50 rounds of antibiotics at minimum over the course of my lifetime. And so no wonder I had- Well, you fed it. Yeah. No wonder I had candida. No wonder I had oral thrush from all the antibiotics that I took. But that I digress. So I just wanted to share with you a little TMI today, everybody, about Katie's history of oral thrush. Well, when I was explaining my history with that minty gel that my mom had to spread all over my vagina when I was like just a wee nugget, right? From yeast infections because the vaginal canal- From yeast infections. The, the, the vaginal canal is another spot where we see- Candida hanging out. Exactly. In that intestinal cavity, because that's where we want a lot of the beneficial, not the opportunistic bacteria. So once we start, you know, having the contributors, and I know you're big on those, you've got those who you're probably going to walk us through those. So when we, Chris, I am like on the edge of my seat being like, let's get to the contributors. Let me speak. Let me add them. Right. So you're going to talk about the contributors, but I just want everyone to understand this can absolutely affect the skin and other mucous membranes. So absolutely anywhere in the body where it can become very systemic and you don't even know what's happening. However, it just, it definitely doesn't feel good. I don't know any woman that's like, yeah, hook me up for, a, you know, a raging vagina. A yeast infection. Like I want an itchy vagina. That sounds fun. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to use that. I love, I'm, I want an itchy vagina. But I call it raging vagina because honestly, that's what it is. It it's feels an angry, like angry vagina. I know. How many more times can we say vagina in the next minute is what I'm wondering. I feel like we've really hit it home on the vaginas here for a second. Okay, fine. Other areas of the female body anatomy. So go into the possible contributors. Rock it out for us. Well, we missed, there's one, Chris, which is the key one. What? We know that candida is in the mouth. It's in the vagina. Where else, else in the body do we commonly see it hanging out for acne sufferers? Other than the intestinal cavity that I said? That's the one I was going for. I said that. You said it? Did I just miss it because I was so excited to get to the next part? I think you were very excited about the contributors. Okay, everybody. So to summarize, the intestinal tract, the va vagina, and your mouth is where we're going to typically see the bigger overgrowth. Now, like we said, we want to, it naturally lives on and in the body in small amounts, but the issue arises when the candida overgrows, mm -hmm. when it becomes more systemic, meaning body-wide, when it becomes more severe and chronic, because this is where your immune system really isn't operating well, right? And this all affects the skin and other mucous membranes. So don't worry, we're going to talk to how it causes acne, but I wanted to go into some probable causes here. Now, if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this episode. There's so much information. I need to go and listen to this again. You can absolutely re-listen to it. But what I'm going to do is we have a blog on this that Chris wrote 
at katiestewartwellness.com. I'm going to pop the link in the show notes. So that way, if you want to easily reference back to Candida and the things we talked about, you have that like tangible thing that you, you can go, uh, go and read out on. Okay. Okay. So when we're looking at the big contributors to a Candida overgrowth, I want everybody to be honest with themselves. Take a mental note here. Okay. Number one, a history of a diet rich in refined processed foods. Mm-hmm. This could be even from when you were a kid. It doesn't, if you're like, oh no, I eat so healthy now. What did you eat growing up and as a teenager and in your early twenties or, or, or the previous to you eating healthy? Cause for me, I'm a nutritionist now. I was a horrendous eater. I grew up eating all of the, you know, the chocolate bars and the candy and the chips and the box food and the cookies and the micro, like the tea, you know, the, the, the pizza pockets in the microwave. Like I heavily ate that refined diet. And if you do nothing to fix it and all of these decades go by, you're just compounding the yeast contributor, the candida contributor. So we know that that refined diet, because what happens is those refined processed foods, the refined carbohydrates, the sugars, they all break down into sugar in your body, which is feeding the yeast and feeding the candida. Because we have to remember one of the favorite food sources of yeast and candida is sugar. So that's why we really want to be starving candida of its main food source, sugar. Another one is going to be a history of antibiotic use. This was a big one for me, like I already shared, tons of antibiotic use. And the reason being, the antibiotics, they are a nuclear bomb for your gut. They go in and they wipe out the good and bad microbes. And it really allows those opportunistic bacteria and yeast to set up shop and proliferate. Here's another one. You ready for it, Chris? No, no, because I know where you're going to go. Do you promise to stay within context? Do not. I'm going to, I'm going to reel you in. Okay. You can get that fishing rod out and reel me in, but I'm going to stay in the shallow end here. Okay. Shallow end, everybody. Birth control. The birth control pill can contribute to candida. And how I'm going to get myself off the topic is if you want to learn more about how the birth control pill impacts your body, Go back and listen to a previous episode on it because, uh, I will not, I will get on my soapbox in this episode. I won't get off of it. And then we've derailed from candida. So that's all I'll say. The birth control pill contributes to the candida overgrowth just because of how it impacts your, your microbiome. Okay. I'm done. I'm, I can see Chris reeling on the side here. <laughs> Another one while we're on the medication would be the oral steroids can have a really big impact on the candida overgrowth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave one for you, Chris, because I know you're going to want to talk about it. Uh, diabetes as well. Uh, anyone with immune, like an immune compromised person, someone with a weakened immune system. And then the last one, Chris, I'm going to let you do the heavy metals and chemical toxicity, because this, this is what you love to talk about. Absolutely. And with the heavy metals as well is they displace our minerals. So if we're not getting the vitamin minerals and we're not setting the body systems up, the chemical, to co- chemical, I'm going to try words today too, Katie, chemical toxicity is absolutely a displacement of something. So if we have chemicals coming in, it's displacing something vital that our body needs. So what does it do? I mean, iron, iron is an essential mineral. However, what happens when we have too much? It becomes food, food for the opportunistic bacteria because it's an oxidative stressor to the body. So, and when I say heavy metals, it's not just related to mercury and arsenic and aluminum, cadmium, even our essentials, if they're not balanced, can go and say, hello, hello, hello. do you want to breed here? Okay, 10 bucks and you're in, right? So that's, a, that's pretty cheap for breeding. Like, geez, Chris, what kind of joint are you running? <laughs> Well, if you want booking reservations, just give me a call. So see how my 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 brain immediately went to the gutter. I'm so sorry about that, you guys. I digress. Let's get back on track, everyone. I usually digress. Where like you're you're like me today. I know my my brain's in the gutter apparently. So you know, it is what it is. We're here, everyone. But outside of Yet yeah, I can't say vagina anymore. I don't get it. Okay, whatever. So outside of these factors, right? We know it's an internal issue. So what's the body trying to do? As all of these things are coming in, Katie, what does the body naturally try to do? The body is always trying to get back into a state of homeostasis. Right. And that's a fancy way of saying into a state of balance. Your body wants to feel good. Your body doesn't want to feel like crap. Yeah. It wants to thrive and be having a good time and all the things. It, it doesn't like fighting and, feel, and feeling sick all the time. And the issue arises is when your body's pH balance, which is a very fine-tuned balance in the body, if it starts to become slightly more acidic from these sugars that we talked about, it really just paves the way 
for candida to overgrow. And this is also super true if your immune system is overloaded from all the other things in your day-to-day life. Because we have to remember the immune system is a really key part to fighting the acne infection and fighting the candida overgrowth. Absolutely. The body has to work as a whole. And it's that simple. And we have to do it from the inside out. What we see on the outside is absolutely going on in the inside. So if your face is red. If your face is full of acne or cysts, there's something going on in the inside that's going to mimic that like behavior on the outside. Let me ask you, we've gone to the contributors because we know. Mm -hmm. We know. We know what it is, right? Correct. People are like, but how do I know if I have it? How do I know? Chris, Katie, how do I know? You know, it has this and it has that. So how, 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 how do we know? Good question. So Before we get into the different symptoms to be watching out for, I know people are thinking, well, do I have to have acne in order to have a candida overgrowth? Absolutely not. Acne is is one of the symptoms of a candida overgrowth. But our population, like a candida overgrowth really is rampant in our society. Some people can be totally symptom-free. And I want to say like the physical air quoted. Yeah. Air quoted symptom free because maybe they don't realize their chronic constipation isn't normal. And they don't realize that the fatigue they have isn't normal. They don't realize these things. So you can still be dealing with candida and kind of almost not know about it, right? It's not like it's always going to manifest in acne. Just in our case, there is a massive contribution to acne. And people are like, well, why do I get acne and somebody else doesn't? We have to remember we're a unique individual. And the physical manifestations of the imbalances in our body will be different from person to person, even in families. So let's go through some symptoms outside of acne that you could also be experiencing. So we already talked about oral thrush, which is that white coating on the tongue, of course. Mm -hmm. We talked about chronic yeast infections and and the UTIs as well. Chronic fatigue is huge. Like how biggie, biggie. Chris, how many women are like, I am so tired. I can barely get through a day. I struggle. Yeah. My blood labs are normal, yeah, but I am so tired. I'm also feeling brain fog. You know, my my memory isn't that great. Um, all of these things can be root cause of a candida overgrowth. You know, additional things like the joint stiffness, the joint pain, headaches. These things can be additional symptoms, right? Absolutely. Um, we can also be looking at fungal infections, like athlete's foot. Toenail fungus, these are all common um, symptoms of a yeast infection. So we find that the same strain as candida can actually indicate, as we said, that you're likely in a chronic state of an acidic environment inside. So this is a really easy way for it to start showing up topically, whether it's the, the toenail fungus, the athlete's foot, or even Chris, which we see quite often, is a fungal acne. Yeah. Do you want to quickly give them a rundown on a fungal acne? Fungal acne is, oh my goodness, like when I see it, it's instant. You know, it's not, it's like the wedding dress. You're like, oh, I know. Fungal acne is the exact same thing. It's usually widespread. It's covered right over. Um, I'm going to see more yellow. I'm going to see a lot of heat around the pustules. Uh, typically, I don't see overgrowth of cysts. I see active acne pus and they're touching um, it could be, it doesn't have to always be like that, but I'm talking like those massive cases. We've even seen it where someone's coming with fungal acne just on their cheeks and it looks like scabs almost at the point. It's, it is definitely remarkable. You will definitely know if you are getting any kind of facial treatments, it's going to come back with a vengeance. You go on antibiotics, you go off, it's coming back with a vengeance. You are going to have other symptoms, usually by fungal acne, where it gets to that systemic point. We've got brain fog. We have probably hormonal imbalances, um, anxiety, I'd even say. Katie is a huge one. Huge. Yeah. Anxiety. And how many acne sufferers are also dealing with anxiety and mood imbalances, right? And we find the, we can even yeah. sense their anxiety in the what if syndrome we would get with the clients, right? What if this doesn't work? What if oh, I, you know, I yeah. always have to be stuck with acne? What if I fail? What if, what if, what if? It's like they're always going to the worst case scenario with the what ifs, right? And then we can see the mood swings. The de- mm-hmm. Because it's that nervous snail, like that nervousness, it's that irritability, that depression, like, because that's in the gut. The gut brain skin connection, everybody, that gut brain skin. Absolutely. So I expect it. So if 
if you're coming in and you have systemic acne, acne fungal like behaviors, and I call behaviors because it's not what's happening on the inside is how we're behaving on the external side, right? We might be a little bit more nervous or can't think or have that anxiety, right? So it's not just about hormones here. And I want to go back to the fungal acne because um, when I asked about the fungal acne, I know you were talking more of like how, when we really see that candida overgrowth, what's coming out in the skin, I was specifically referencing like true fungal acne, right? Where, yeah. Oh, like the athlete's foot? Yeah. Yeah. But as a, fu- so yeah, that's where I was going. So I want to, I want to make it really clear for everybody that fungal acne, right. the true fungal acne on the face isn't technically acne because it's caused by the overgrowth of yeast in the hair follicles. Um, you know, it's considered that folliculitis and it's called fungal acne because the yeast is a type of fungi, right? And it's, it really is manifesting and resembling as acne. And we see this all of the time with clients coming in. We do get some true fungal acne cases. And with fungal acne cases, it's very difficult to diagnose by sight as the average person. So what we usually recommend, there's kind of two ways to do this, is you can go see a dermatologist. They'll do a skin scrape and they'll let you know if it is in fact a fungal acne. Um, another way which um, you can kind of, I want to say semi-determine at home, again, always check in with your medical professional, is does your acne respond to an anti-dandruff shampoo, right? Is because the anti-dandruff is meant to work on the fungus. So if you see, you know, you let um, a natural anti-dandruff shampoo, which has the specific, you know, zincs or, or whatever it needs to be in there to clear up the, the fungus, if you put it on your skin for a couple minutes, five minutes, do you see um, a lessening of it in the hours or, or next day after using that? So with the fungal... And act- spot, 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 spot. Let's just be so clear. Please do not go lather this on. Yeah. Don't just find a little area, test it on your skin to see if it's going to help calm it down. That could be an indication that you're dealing with more of a fungal acne. So I just wanted to make that distinction from acne caused by candida versus the topical folliculitis uh, yeast in the hair follicles. So back on to the symptoms we could be experiencing, Chris. We talked about that gut-brain skin connection, where the health of these three areas of your body, yeah. your gut, your brain, and your skin, they can actually influence the health of each other. And this term was coined like decades and decades ago, I think almost 100 years ago by uh, Pillsbury and Stokes, if I'm not mistaken, is that gut-brain skin connection. So we can see that when we're dealing with a big imbalance or dysbiosis of our microbiome, it's directly connected to our mood, to our brain fog, to our behavior, anxiety, or depression, mm-hmm. irritability, nervousness, panic attacks. We really need to be looking at that core root cause of what's going on in the gut, right? So we talked about the brain fog, but another thing I think people would be kind of shocked to know about as a symptom for candida, what about sinus infections, Chris? Big one. Even that histamine-like reaction, right? Where I'm always going... <laughs> And sometimes when we record and I've had a coffee, uh-oh, you'll see, and I'm noticing in the replays, Katie, I'll go, right? Because I know that's my histamine. So, because Chris knows her histamine doesn't like the coffee, but she's ignoring it and drinking her coffee anyways. I don't care, histamine. <laughs> outed. I outed myself. <laughs> she outed herself. See, we're not perfect either, you guys. Here's Chris knowing she has a histamine response and she's still drinking the coffee. Yeah. So I'm going to see lots of allergies in their histories, whether it's environmental and they can't do pollen or the ragweed, or I'm going to see food intolerances. Even if they don't know it, we get in there with those food journals, right? So, uh, Oh, here's one, the clearing the throat, the mucus forming, the sniffing, right? The, all of those, and the, I always call it the really, the good old Mm. flu-like symptoms where you kind of always feel like you're lagging. Like I just, I just don't feel all the best, right? So this is where we're going to probably see even rosacea, Katie, hang out in here after a long term of any kind of bronchial issues, whether it's like pneumonia when you were younger or bronchitis or anything to do with the sinuses, that's really big. And you know histamine all well. So, oh, I know histamine and I are good old friends. I did my histamine protocol earlier this year and I hated my life every second of it. Good old friends. Every, like ever, I was like, <sighs> this sucks. I hate but doing that- it. I want my matcha. I want my avocado. And Chris is like, no, Katie, stay focused. And I'm like, no, 
<laughs> Chris, would you say I was your worst client when I had to do the histamine protocol? No, I just put you on mute for a bit and then went back. <laughs> but that's what I'll come back to her later. <laughs> so as you can see, like even us as practitioners, yes, we know what's going on in our bodies. And we, you know, we go through the same therapeutic protocols we would recommend to a client. And it's not enjoyable, a therapeutic protocol, but it's a short-term thing, right? It's short-term pain for long-term gain. Absolutely. You should never be on a therapeutic, like you shouldn't need to be on a candida diet for the rest of eternity in order to clear out. So we will discuss that later, but I wanted to keep going on. What's another... Uh, candida symptom, Chris, that isn't digestive related. Cause if you guys notice, we haven't listed a single digestive system, a digestive symptom yet. These are all symptoms that you wouldn't correlate back to something going on in the gut. So what's one final, what's, what's one more? Well, what do you want to tackle? Hormones? Hormones. You know it. You know, I love talking about the gut and hormones. <laughs> and you want to, what? I bet you anyone that's really followed us for a long time is like, well, Katie, of course, hormone symptoms are the gut. You talk about this all the time. <laughs> yeah. And sort of, kind of, which is accurate, right? So we're going to get hormone symptoms and disruptions. Absolutely. You better believe it, right? I mean, how many podcasts have we talked about that estrogen or about the inflammatory connectors with the hormones or being able to emulsify fats to get down to the hormones? How many ladies are like, oh, my, 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 my sex drive? My libido is Kitty, gone. Chris. I was, we always joke that. Yeah. Give outside of acne, our like second biggest complaint that, or I won't say complaint, but the second goal that clients have, have is their libido. Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at low libido and sex drive, uh, maybe you have water retention, PMS, the weight gain the hormone-related bloat, maybe we got endometriosis, PCOS, like all of these more classic hormonal symptoms can also indicate there could be some candida at play. Because remember, as we've talked about so many times, the health of your hormones relies on the health of your gut. If your gut is struggling, we remember our gut responsible for manufacturing, regulating, metabolizing hormones. So if there's a dysbiosis going on in there, guess what? Your hormones are going to be struggling, so those hormonal symptoms can be popping up as well. And then that last one is the classic digestive symptom. So Chris, what would you say would be those big classic digestive symptoms we see with the candida overgrowths? I need you pooping. Gotta poop. Bottom line. It needs to be, it needs to be unicorn. It needs to have multicolored hair. It needs to be beautiful, right? What are the clients? <laughs> I'm describing my unicorn. <laughs> Maybe not multicolored hair. Like, I feel like that's going to be like an issue. If someone's like, I have hair on my poop. She's describing her unicorn, not the poop. Because the poop, Chris, one long, smooth, snake-like movement, easy to pass, no straining. We don't want unicorn hair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But in my world, it, it's beautiful rainbow hair. It has Could glitter you imagine? on the horn. Maybe I'll... Mine might even be a little bit of a pegasus with some wings. I don't know. But okay, you're getting a little like wild up in there with your with your poops right now. Because that's how much mm-hmm. poop impacts your body. So I had said to a client this week, I'm like, well, did you have a unicorn poop? And they're like, Chris, what's a unicorn poop? I'm like, oh my gosh, let me tell you about a unicorn poop. Right. And she goes, Oh yeah, it was unicorn, right? Because if we are not pooping. Not having those bowel movements, a minimum one a day. I mean, I want you going two to three. I don't want you going 15. Same issues. Would you say? Same issues, right? Absolutely. We want healthy one to three times a day. Like we just said, smooth, snake-like. Go look at the Bristol stool chart, three or four, easy to pass. Because Chris, how does the body get rid of excess yeast? Well, hello. We need to get rid of it through our poop. And if it's in the vaginal canal, compounding words here for you. So it's not so abrasive. If it's there, when we, when we pee as well, we're going to start flushing, right? If it's, if it's starting to go to that urinary tract, like, right, cause it can go back up that way, UTIs, these types of things. Good elimination pathways is essentially it. And then outside of the elimination pathways, Absolutely. we could be dealing with symptoms like smelly, embarrassing gas. Or maybe we're having some bloat, or maybe we're having those stomach cramps, the intestinal cramping there, right? The the burping, the diarrhea. We already talked about the constipation. All of those classic digestive symptoms mm-hmm. can indicate that there is a possible candida overgrowth hanging on out in your gut. Yep. 
Absolutely. So when we look at, there's a bunch of different things because they're like, okay, I probably could Maybe. sort of kind of have you wanna, you're, you're, I got you're, all the you're things. Nailing, you're, you're nailing some things here. <laughs> I've got all the things, right? And we understand what it is. We understand the contributors. The next common thing is they say, you know, I mean, really the causes of acne. Yeah. We kind of know, right? We're really, and this is why we say anti-inflammatory, not because we like to engulf that as just a plug to, oh, it's because that anti-inflammatory helps reline the pH balance of the body, which reclaims. She, I, 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 I got to jump in because they're like, what are you talking about anti-inflammatory? Anti-inflammatory food. Am I missing words? You were missing a few words. She was getting, this happened. She gets excited. She skips words. And I was like, reel it in, Chris. Remind them what type of anti-inflammatory we're talking about. Are you talking about a a curcumin supplement? She's talking foods, everybody. No, because I'm still thinking about my gorgeous unicorn over here. (laughs) I know. She's so busy. But we we really just want to lead into what are the big ways that candida can cause acne? So I think that's the question. Like, okay, okay, you guys, I'm pretty sure I got it. How is it causing my skin? Because it's a really big disconnect that the yeast overgrowth in your gut, how, why is it showing up on my face? That doesn't make sense, right? So there's really five main ways that we see with our clients. Yeah. Chris, do you want to handle the first one, the inflammation in gut health? Yeah, the inflammation in the gut health. That, that's kind of like that pH that I was talking about, right? When I didn't say the word food because that's where my head was going. However, when we go, we need to reclaim the lower cavity to mildly or slightly alkaline and not the acidity because the acidity is just acting as a breeding ground. So it, it really just has its own playground, right? It's got the toys, it's got the food, it's, it's got the diaper changes, whatever. It doesn't need to leave. So when we have an imbalance of that gut flora, and that's what I'm talking about, that all of the flora is... All the bacteria, all the yeasts everything. The microbiome, the bacteria, everything. Yeah. So that really heightens or can trigger an immune response. And as soon as that happens, then we get all of those symptoms that we talked about, like they start to creep up. And before we know it, we have all of them and we don't even realize they're all interconnected, right? So that is the systematic, systemic, that's the word I'm looking for, systemic. Systemic. She can words today, everyone. It's Friday. It's Friday for us when we record. I cannot words today. It's that inflammation, right? So we don't want it manifesting because as soon as it manifests, really, and it can't detoxify and it doesn't, and and it has the perfect environment. Boom. It's going to go everywhere. It's going to go lungs. It's going to go skin. It's going to go all in. It's systemic, which means body wide. It's. The heart. I'm I'm not kidding. It is widespread throughout the body. Okay. So we know there's inflammation in gut health because when we see that systemic inflammation, mm-hmm. that can actually manifest as skin inflammation and acne lesions, right? So we've got that. Yeah. If we keep on with the gut, there's another way that our gut can be leading to candida, and that's the leaky gut syndrome, right? Right. Leaky gut is the slang term for intestinal permeability. And it's a pretty popular word in the last five years. And this happens when your gut lining gets really inflamed and becomes permeable. Fancy way of saying tiny little microscopic holes, essentially. It's leaking. And this allows the toxins, undigested food particles, and other harmful substances that shouldn't be there into your bloodstream. This, again, triggers that immune response, the inflammation, and then affects your skin and leads to acne breakouts. So we can really be seeing that leaky gut has a major culprit. And that's how the candidas can also start to little do 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 through the body. Is that like the, the blender sound or is that a typewriter sound? <laughs> Chris, Chris has previously learned something fun about me is when I don't know the word, when I can't remember the word that I'm looking for, I, I make the sounds that I think it would sound like, right? Because the candida could be that toxin that's entering into the bloodstream. And then what's going to happen is it compounds. So we have the inflammation, we have the triggers, we have the symptoms, then we get that leaky gut and things start going through the blood system. It's causing a whole havoc. We're getting the acne, Mm -hmm. right? Obviously, we know that's going to have that hormonal imbalance, but I want to jump past that a little bit for a second because my big one, just to keep on that connector, is nutrient absorption. Big one. If you can, if our bacteria are causing that issue, if we're not chewing our food, if we have things in our bloodstream that shouldn't be there, then your food is really supposed to be 
beautifully chewed by your teeth all the way down. You have this unicorn poop because now you know what it looks like. And when you have that, all of that digestive system and it's working, there should be no reason for that acne development or the impairment or absorption of really critical essential nutrients. Because if we don't have, can you tell I do the HTMA? If we don't have these nutrients and these mineral balances, you better believe it's going to go and affect the skin, including acne, because the skin is our largest organ. And we always forget because it's wrapping our insides. Thank goodness, eh? Because the insides aren't really pretty. Thank goodness. Not, nope. Right? But that's the thing is they're wrapping it. So if we don't take care of that skin and we have all these other compounded issues, how are we getting the nutrients in? And if you can't get the nutrients in, there's no way we can kind yeah. of reclaim and balance, right? Because, you know. Because candida really impacts the nutrient absorption in so. your gut. And another little sidebar to the nutrients is, Chris, what are some key nutrients that candida feed? Like, I should say, what are some key supplements that candida is like, oh my God, yes, some delicious desserts for me when we're looking at our clients? Because I find with acne sufferers, a big one is they'll take some Bs, some B vitamins, or they'll take some iron because they're low in iron. So how does that iron and B implication come into play with the yeast? Absolutely. So if we cannot absorb our iron, it has to go somewhere. And it almost, for lack of better expression, let's say it free floats, right? So, and it can cause oxidative stress. And then, you know, the bacteria, all of these things that really are in dysbiosis and are leading the charge, yeah, they're like, oh, well, thanks, us. Katie. Like, I really appreciate this food source. This is delish, right? So it's not just about those sugar foods taking in. And the other thing is with the B vitamins and even RK, your body's intestinal cavity should be able to produce your B vitamins and some K through the fermentation of beneficial bacteria. So if you're tired and sluggish, and you're not methylating your hormones, your B6, your B9, your B12, if you have a thyroid issue or, you know, that's a little bit wonky, all of these things can affect all of those Bs. And of course, there's way more. I'm just grasping at a few here. So if we have all those things, mm -hmm. then what's going on with the gut? Are you tired? Remember we talked about that chronic fatigue or, you know, that brain fog? B vitamins are notorious for making us have energy and feeling good. So get into the foods, omit the supplements because your body at least knows what to do with the foods. One little one I want to add, Katie, is FOS, fructooleosaccharides. This is Chris's birth control pills. When someone talks about the FOS, she's like, mm, let me let me add my two cents here. I'm on it. Like this. <laughs> and I don't not love it. I just don't love it, right? I don't not love it. I just don't. I just don't love it because it, it's part of the fructooleos. A saccharide is part of a sugar and it's a prebiotic and they sometimes put probiotics in with it so that the prebiotics, it's prebiotics feed the probiotics. Mm. Please, I'd rather see it in your foods because this can cause a lot of the gas bloat and the disharmony. So when you're starting to work into the gut, it's, is that gas and bloat caused by maybe that FOS? Mm -hmm. Or is it the fact that you're now getting in there and realigning the cavity? We don't know. Exactly. All right. So we got the nutrients. The last two is one would be hormonal imbalances. So this is almost like, yep. I want to say a bit of a domino cause, right? Because the root is in the gut. We know there's imbalances, but it's going to be impacting your hormones. And we know that Absolutely. if the gut impacts your hormones, your hormones can then increase sebum productions, worsen flare-ups, all the things. So we can look at the impact that candida is actually disrupting our overall hormonal imbalance, right? Particularly our estrogen and our progesterone, those two lovely little ladies that need to be in a good balance. So when we're looking at the hormonal, I love that you call them ladies. I feel like I, I I think they're little ladies in my body. You know, the little ladies. I do too. Because yeah, I do too. I don't. I don't. I know they're predominantly women. Ask, but I just I feel like I do. I love them as women. They're little lady horn. Yeah, they're little ladies. So yeah. we particularly see the estrogen, progesterone get impacted when we're dealing with candida. And as we just talked about. Yeah. If candida is impacting our hormones, this is going to, you know, impact our hormonal balance. Maybe it's going to increase our sebum production. Maybe it's going inc to yeah, increase that oil in our skin. We're going to get flares and worsening of acne. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, any kind of toxicity, right? As the next oh, yeah, the cause. Essentially, I was excited. I'm like, the toxin 
the toxins that are produced by the candida, the byproducts, right? Oh, yeah. The en- those are what we would call endotoxins because they come from the inside versus the exotoxins, which come from the outside. And that's, you know, from all of our external environment that we're bringing in. So those endotoxins, when these little suckers die, mm. it cannot be fun. You're going to be like, I'm done and I quit. And most often people who have ever done some kind of, they always come in, I've done a candida cleanse and um, it didn't work. It made me really sick. And I'm like, uh-huh, keep talking, right? So what happens is if we don't set the climate, if we don't set the pH balance, if we don't look at digestion and all these factors we talked about ahead of time, and you come in and we're going to throw you on like a candida or some kind of um, microbial, for sure. How are clients going to feel right off the bat? Probably day three to maybe day 10, Katie. Oh, it's that good old candida die off hitting them like a ton of bricks. Yeah, you're going to feel like you have the flu. You're going to feel terrible. And if we don't have the pathways, we're always talking about our elimination pathways. If those aren't open, where are the toxins going to go? Probably, Katie. Well, there's a few ways. It's just going to start recirculating. And then what's going to happen to your skin? So when we're dealing with um, a candida protocol, there's a couple things you want to, or a candida cleanse protocol, whatever it may be. We have to make sure our, our pathways opened up. Do we, you know, have the right tactics in place? Have we eased into it? Or have you gone from like straight cold turkey, standard North American diet to, oh my God, I'm going to candida cleanse. You're going to feel like death most likely, right? Please don't ever. Please never, ever. Never, never like cold turkey, what you were doing into a candida. We want to ease into it, which is like we would never have a client come in week one and be like, hey, you need a candida protocol. Let's get to it. No. Because you're really going to feel the effects of the die-off. That's not to say that you will never have a die-off symptom. I think it's quite actually quite rare. Um, wouldn't you say, Chris, it's actually quite rare for a client to not have a single die-off symptom. There'll be a lot less sorry, a lot less worse than if you were to just cold turkey it. But we have to remember there will be a small die-off period between day seven to maybe 21 where you might feel like a little under the weather, a little more tired. You may you may actually have a flare of your acne. And this is where most people panic because like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm having a symptom flare. Well, remember, this is what we call in functional nutrition and functional medicine as a healing crisis where you don't want to just panic and all of a sudden pull 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 back and be like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. We have to make sure you're properly working your way through the die-off, having those open detox pathways, have that assistance of knowing how we need to pivot should a die-off symptom occur for you. Yeah, exactly. Just remember, when we talk about that candida, rarely do we ever just isolate candida, right? We try and go after some parasites and certain things because we understand they're all interconnected. So we're pretty big on that. Of course, candida is a big thing, but guess what? Genetics, lifestyle, overall health, it's all going to play a component. So when we say you're going to come in and we're going to work on this and that, that's different because we have the 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 file. We have everything we need right there. We know where the minerals are. So we know, hey, are we even absorbing? There's certain minerals down in the lower GI that are going to tell us this. When you're doing it by yourself, just go with caution because I'll tell you, it's just not going to feel good. And I honestly would never, that's probably one of the biggest things I'd recommend is never doing a candida protocol or a candida cleanse on your own. You should even a parasite one. Sweet goodness. Please, 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 please. You need the guidance of a knowledgeable practitioner who knows what is going on because there's so many things to consider, right? You need to consider what foods should you be focusing on and for how long? What foods should you be temporarily avoiding? And when do we want to reintroduce those foods back in? And how do we reintroduce those foods back in? That's a big issue that I see is like, okay, I did my three weeks on my candida protocol. I'm going to go and have a pizza and eat some ice cream. We really need to be making sure we're doing this in the correct way. Chris is like, cringe, cringe, cringe. Don't ever do that. I've... <laughs> I'm cringing. Like, that is like, ah. I ruined Chris's day, everybody. So we want to make sure that we have the right dietary <laughs> guidelines looked at. Do you, Are you supplementing correctly, Chris? Because how many times Absolutely. have we seen clients who are like, oh, I did a candida cleanse. And like, I took this one candida supplement I saw on Instagram. So I did, did a candida cleanse. And we're like, mm, no. Candida is so smart and such an opportunistic bacteria 
that we need to go after it in a specific way with a number of different antimicrobial or antifungal supplements in order to properly flush it out. Here's just one little, you know, pro tip. Candida likes to hide in something called a biofilm. It's this protective little coating and it's like, mm, yay, I'm in the biofilm. You can't get me. So you can be taking all of these antifungals and antimicrobials, but it's hiding in the biofilm. So you're just wasting your money. So we need to be breaking open that biofilm with something like a NAC, an N-acetylcysteine, to be able to allow the antifungals to get into there and actually kill the candida. So that's just a little sidebar. And we also want to be making sure that there aren't any medication contraindications. Are you doing your protocol the length of time that needs to be done for your body? Are there adverse reactions and die-off that need to be mitigated somehow? And how you can really be navigating this? Because I would say when we're going through more candida-style protocols, Chris, this is the one that's more question-heavy from a client perspective. Absolutely. The change of what you were doing to what we're asking you to do, Mm -hmm. and it's laid out. Let's be honest. When I write a protocol, you know, we work with NDs all the time, Katie, and I take my protocols and I'll say, hey, you know, this is kind of what I'm saying. This is what I'm doing. We like to work with the powers and the brains as well. I remember one naturopath said, you were cruel, Chris. Was that Dr. Lalonde? Was it Dr. Lalonde? with this. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. It's Dr. Diana. (laughs) He's like, you are cruel. How can you do this? And working with him for years and years and years, he says, "Effective. you are effective. It's changed. You are effective. I have seen the improvements I have. So that's what it is. Because, I mean, if I don't research, come on, let's be honest. Chris is like the research queen. But I see four, six, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. It depends However, if we don't teach you how to, while you're reintroducing, look at those symptoms as messages, connect them to your body, do intuitive work, work on that mindset all together, it's just not happening. It's not. You don't want to waste your time because if you're going through and like, I'm going to do a candida protocol, they're not fun to do in the slightest. They're, They're what I like to call a therapeutic protocol. And you don't want to go and waste your time and your money even buying supplements or whatever you need if it's not going to do any difference in the long run. You really want to make sure what you're doing is effective. And don't tease your body, right? Don't be like to like my kids. I'm like, oh, well, if you do this, I'll give you a lollipop, right? I'm setting up. I don't. I don't do food. I do money. (laughs) Well, no, I'm thinking my head's in the gutter. I'm like, oh, what kind of teas are you talking about, Chris? A little strip tease? Like what? And she takes the mom route. And I'm like, my head's in the gutter, everybody. Don't listen to me today. No. Forget about Katie. Her head's in the gutter. So no, absolutely. But what I'm saying is just when you, when you tease the body in the essence of, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to stop and go and I'm going to stop and go and your body will hold memory. You work out, you're pumping that iron. You know what? You're doing the 10 pounds. Next thing you know, like this feels like you go to 15, you're like, oh, I got a little bit of lactic acid buildup. That's a little bit sore. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. So if you do it and you go into a protocol and you come out and you go in and you stop, it's like that yo-yo dieting, your body again with this biofilm, like, oh, I like this. They start to hold memory they start to learn your patterns and they start to learn your timing. Aren't they smart? So that really is so smart. Oh my God, you're so smart. I just want to kill all of mine in like one sweep, but it doesn't work like that because you know what? You do that, you do it with antibiotics mm-hmm. and then what are we doing? Boom. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Starting from ground zero, right? So we know that we can give them, what we give people? ways that they can start reducing it. Yeah. So, okay. Before we go into that, I just want to summarize the last one because I feel like we went off on a tangent on the toxin production. (laughs) We don't go on tangents. So just remember that candida can actually produce toxic byproducts in the body, which are going to be further contributing to inflammation. It's going to be disrupting your other bodily functions. Some of these toxins can also uh, damage collagen and elastin, which is going to, we know, impact our skin health and uh, form and function. So, To summarize it, we want to be looking at candida and how it is causing inflammation, Mm -hmm. poor gut health, leaky gut, hormonal imbalances, nutrient absorption, and the toxin production is how it's leading to acne in the skin. So now you know what it is, how it happens, how it causes acne. Let's go through, again, like you said, some really easy, I don't want to say easy, some simple tactics. And I say start reducing excess candida 
is if you are dealing with a candida overgrowth, you're most likely going to need a therapeutic protocol of anti- of rotation of antifungals and specific supplements. But there, of course, are some things that we can be doing in the meantime to help reduce the excess candida and be able to flush it. So I'll do how about three ones and you do three. Deal? Go. Rock it. Okay. Number one, of course, you increase your water. We want to be making sure we're... F- oh, wait. You're going first? Yeah. So I have to come up with good... Okay, you go first. I'll come up with some good ones. You go ahead. What do you mean come up with good ones? You already have it all stored in that brain of yours. She's like, don't take the ones I want. Okay. Okay. Well, I know, but go ahead. Start with start with your stuff. I'll do I'll do the simple ones, which is of course increasing water. We really want to be flushing our kidneys and our colon. Absolutely. And dehydration can have a massive impact massive impact on our ability to flush out the um excess, so the garbage, the the yeast that's trying to get rid of. We want to improve our bowel motility. You know, the water is also going to be helping with our energy levels. And we, it's, water and hydration is so critical for proper detoxification in order to flush it, right? We remember that if our liver's struggling, our detox organs are struggling, the largest, largest detox organ, the skin gets called in hello acne. So I like to say aim for about half of your body weight in ounces. So if you are a 140 pound person, mm-hmm. aim for at minimum 70 ounces per day. You would want to increase that if you're more active, if you're sweating more, you're outside. Um, if you don't feel like hydrated where maybe your skin's looking dull, you're getting those pronounced fine lines. You could be increasing that by an extra cup or two, really finding what works for your body. And this is where we can be opting for filtered water or non-caffeinated herbal teas to count towards that hydration. Right, Chris? Yeah, love it. Love it. Okay. Next one I'm going to take is the junk food. So as we talked about earlier in the podcast, I know this is where I'm the bubble hopper like Chris is those refined and sugary foods. So think anything boxed, conventional bread and bagels, baked goods, pasta, chips, candy, chocolate, soda pop, crackers, sweetened drinks, fast food. I know you're like, Katie, I hate you right now for saying this. I'm like, I know. No, I love that you're saying this because you are not making friends. Keep going. I'm glad I didn't do this one. <laughs> Chris is like, I never make friends. I want you to not make friends. And everyone's like, Katie, I don't like the words. Yeah, let's let's not friend together. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, I don't like the words coming out of your mouth today, Katie. I am closing it. But listen, we have to remember the yeast is feeding on these in your body. And we have to note that. Yes. If you start reducing your sugary, refined foods, this is where those cravings can really pop up, right? Because the yeast is really smart. It doesn't like to be starved of its food. So it's going to trick your brain to think, I need sweet. I need more of that stuff. Feed me, feed me, feed me. And you're like, whoa, hey there, box of cookies. You're looking mighty fine today. And then you're going to binge eat. So we really have to be cautious of the cravings as we're, as we're reducing our refined foods, but in its place, we want to be making sure that we're having the protein, the fiber, the healthy fats to keep our blood sugar, to lessen the cravings that we're having, making sure that we're not um, being in a deficit with our food, eating consistent meals. So just because you're removing, say, the refined foods doesn't mean you just don't replace it with anything. We want to replace it with whole nutrient-dense foods to curb the cravings. Which brings me into my next point is focus on our nutrient-dense foods because the anti-inflammatory foods, which we talk about all the time, go to the blog, check Best Diet for Acne. These are foods that really are going to be helping to reduce the systemic inflammation, but it will naturally be reducing the refined foods in your day-to-day diet. It's naturally going to help stabilize your blood sugar, which lessens craving. So they would, those would be my three, would be hydrate your body, remove the processed foods, focus on nutrient-dense foods. Now I'll let you go, Chris. You get three more. Okay. I'm going to go with a combination to keep it nice and short. I'm going to go prebiotics, mm-hmm. probiotics, because... We learned that already. Um, I don't like my FOSs so much. Yeah. So when we look at the prebiotics, this is what is going to feed that beneficial, the good, the lovely, the the unicorn bacteria. The unicorn bacteria. I see. She loves her unicorn. See where I went with that? Because now you have a visual right? Chris, if you are not a unicorn for Halloween, I'm going to be really upset. Oh, I could be. You should be a unicorn. It's my most favorite time of the year. So that would be the site. <laughs> I'm just going to go get a poop. I'm going to go get a poop, a poop emoji thing. People are going to be like, what's wrong with this lady? Yeah. With multicolored hair. So when we're looking at that good bacteria, 
we want to crowd out the bad, right? So where are we going to reclaim everything? Like you were saying, right, Katie? We're going to do the waters and everything. We're going to use that green leafy vegetables. Really just getting into the skins even of some fruits if tolerated because we want that cellular cellulose, which is a carbohydrate. However, it feeds these, these are prebiotics. So it feeds the good bacteria. It doesn't break down. So hello, even better. It doesn't break down and it's going to stay there. So your bacteria is going to say, thank you very much. Also another is going to help you with your bowel movements. Mm -hmm. So bonus, bonus. And then with our probiotics, we want, wait, before you move on, what are some examples of prebiotics? Oh, wow. People were like, Chris, you're leaving me hanging. You know what I love? Prebiotics. Well, I did the skin of the apples and the leafy veg. However, I think you've nailed it really with that whole dense anti-inflammatory, right? Because we're going to get in those vegetables. I also really love herbs for it. And I love like jicama. Mm, I love a, a raw jicama. is delicious. Like you can get it. They are in grocery stores, I swear. Jicama. Starts, it's a J. It's J-I. Jicama. Oh, crunchy crunch. Um, Even asparagus, gar like yep. raw garlic, Jerusalem artichoke, dandelion greens, hickory yes. root, leeks, yes. um, cooked onions, yes. even cooked, some cooked quinoa and underripe bananas are all great sources of prebiotic foods you can be eating to increase, sorry, to feed the good beneficial bacteria. Yeah. And I really all don't, the reason why I say jicama, because mm. it also goes and binds like heavy metals and things too, right? So I look for foods, foods. that do like that multifaceted. So, but jicama is, I love it. Jicama is delish. So, okay. I'll let you go now. Move on. Can, may I move on to probiotics? Okay. So now as we're feeding the good bacteria, we need to go in and look at restoring that intestinal damage, right? That leaky gut that we spoke of, because Again, more bacteria than human DNA. Like, so this isn't a, this isn't a joke. We want certain strains. I'm not going to go through all the strains, but we will absolutely throw that into, you know, into that publication and stuff. We talk. Oh, it's in the blog already. We listed out the different strains, like the acidophilus, the bifidum, the remino. So if you want to reference in, and cause you're not, if we, we list off them all verbally, you're going to be like, I have no idea how to spell those things. Oh so go to the blog that's in the show notes. Yeah. And it's going to lift off, list off different strains of probiotics that you can look out for on the probiotic when you're sourcing it. So that's what I wanted to add. Yeah. Please do. Essentially, the probiotic reclaims the prebiotic feeds. So obviously those are going to help all of the entire body because we've now learned how candida is systemic and can attack anything with a mucous membrane, right? And a big, big one I want to spend some time on is stress management. Oh man, we know that's not a fun one, Chris. No one wants I to am... reduce their stress in these days. Yes, it is. Yes. It's so fun. Okay. So we start with do not have three children yes. in three and a half years. Next, we start with... <laughs> We know you're doing everything right, right? We know you're trying that meditation and the box breathing and all of these things. However, chronic stress is candy. It is candy. It is like that oxidative iron. It is like the heavy metals. It is like that poor diet. It's another food for the candida is your stress hormone. So cortisol. Oh, who doesn't love adrenaline? I, I shouldn't say stress hormone because there are a yeah, number one like, of them, oh. right? The adrenaline, the cortisol, the things. No, no, but you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So all of that it impedes the immune system. The immune system goes down, boom, everything opportunistic goes back up, right? It throws off our blood sugar. Oh, what? Throws off our blood sugar? What is eating the sugar? Your body and that bacteria will find it. So if you think you're doing all the right things and we have high stress, it found another source. So it will go in there. So again, we do not, because of that stress-like impact, because of the minerals, even like manganese, that can create a shelter for, if it's excessive in your hair mineral, it can create a shelter for these opportunistic pathogens. Okay, so there's a lot going on. Absolutely, you're going to see results as you start shifting these things with your acne, with your skin, with the raging vagina symptoms, all of these types of things. Which is true. You have to put them together, Katie. Come on. I know. I just think raging vagina is just such a funny term. So it's well, because it is like we want happy vagina. Well, we all want a happy vagina. You you don't have 
Listen, if you don't have a sex drive, you have a raging vagina. If you have chronic stress, you have a raging vagina. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter, it's a ticking time bomb. So we want to, again, work with that practitioner, right? And go into there. We want to make sure that we're getting that quality bacteria in and keeping the quality bacteria in. That's the thing is before I want to finish up, because I know we're almost at the top of the hour, is how can people, what types, are there tests available? I know we briefly touched on it already. Are there tests available Mm -hmm. that can give insights into the quality of our bacteria? Because obviously we can use our hair trace mineral knowledge to see the displacement of minerals. And if there is a probable yeast interference, which is so cool, just from your hair. Amazing. But what would be some uh, additional functional medicine tests they could consider that may be able to show that dysbiosis happening? Absolutely. Well, let me break it down into conventional because sometimes functional tests and people say, well, I can't afford that. So we can do a urinalysis and we can also do, I call it a poop and scoop where the doctor's checking for parasitic ovo, like these types of things. So those are the two. Often, unless it's active, we don't see it. It might come in the differentials through, you know, your leukocytes and stuff like that. But chances are, I'm telling you, you do it with Western and it might probably going to be a little bit off. However, if we want to go and look at a GI map or comprehensive stool analysis in a functional test, yes. Right. We want to look at, there's even candida DNA test, uh, our organic acid tests. So the microbial organic acids or just even the oats, because they do a certain, they don't tell you all the species, but they can say, Hey, you know, you kind of got stuff going on. Those are the go-tos I would, if you just want to look specifically at cultures. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. Full hour all on candida and your acne. If you need a refresher, of course, you can give it a listen, but head over to the blog. Can Candida Cause Acne Breakouts? The link is in the show notes. That's all we got for you today. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Clear Skin Chronicles. We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Remember to subscribe to the show and drop us a review. Sending glowing vibes your way, Katie and Chris.